1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 242 of the podcast that goes snicked. Hello, snicked, snicked. <laughs> I'm your host, Jason, while I'm podcast, terror dies, Venable. And I'm joined by the birthday boy, Ethan, suddenly sparkles, Venable. Hey. Hi. Hi. Yes, making his birthday appearance on the podcast is Mr. Ethan returning.
0: Yay!
1: Yay. Happy birthday to you, Snick! Happy birthday to you, Snick! Stink. We'll cut you
0: to pieces. <gasps> Happy birthday to you. Well, I'm not 111.
1: <laughs> no. Nope, nope, we're going to do a very special bonus flashback episode on the Assassin Nation plot. Yay! Yeah, Yeah. so you may think, that doesn't have Wolverine in it. And you're right, it doesn't. Yeah. But it does have Sabretooth in it, so we're going to take a break from our 1989 summer blockbuster coverage in Wolverine to catch up with our old buddy Sabretooth.
0: It's close enough.
1: Close enough. He is a Wolverine type character.
0: <laughs> we, we don't we don't need the ad for Wolverine. We just need people that are kind of like him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So an interesting little tidbit. Um you know, I mentioned on the on the previous flashback episodes that um, you know, during the summer eighty nine Marvel started doing some double shipping and they had several kind of little stories. Little summer epics. You know, we had the Gehenna Stone Affair and the Wolverine series. Um, over in Captain America, there was the Bloodstone Hunt. And then the Amazing Spider-Man had this story, which was six parts, the assassination plot. Now, it's really interesting because Ethan is turning 11 this summer. And when this series first came out was the summer that I turned 11.
0: Dun, Duh. It's all a
1: conspiracy. And this book is all about conspiracies.
0: Hint hint wink wink.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, so we're going to talk about Sabretooth. Um it've been really interesting to see because when I bought this book, so I was not yet collecting Spider Man when this came out. I was collecting comics. Um, I didn't start collecting Spider Man until probably about a year or so later um, when Eric Larson was on the book. But I quickly went back and got all the Todd McFarlane issues, spent all my allowance filling in that gap, and had the whole run. I think I've mentioned that before. That the, the Todd McFarlane Amazing Spider Man run is one of my prized possessions. Um, Probably not worth, you know, that much to anybody else anymore. Maybe a couple issues, but, um, Venom first appearance. But, um, yeah, mostly just for me. But anyway, it's just something I really love. Um, and I remember the first time I read McFarlane, his art was so different, but it was so different from what everybody else was doing. I'm curious, and we'll talk about as we go through how it hits Ethan now that it's not new anymore, right? Like, it's just kind of art that someone used to do. So, um, we'll see what kind of impact it had but um before we get going just a little catch up with Sabretooth. um the last time we saw him he died in inferno air quote died in inferno and then of course we saw him from the shadows messing with wolverine on his birthday and that's the last time we saw him so as far as you know he's just out running around so ethan
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks for coming on the show, man.
0: You're welcome.
1: (laughs) Okay. Are we going to talk like this the whole time? No. (laughs) All right. So Sabretooth is not in the first two issues, so we'll just kind of briefly recap. Um, An Amazing Spider-Man, number 320, Spidey bust up uh, Paladin's operation, botching a plan to uncover a conspiracy to topple Silver Sable's home country of Zimcaria. Oops. Sorry.
0: (laughs) But if you give me money, I can help you.
1: (laughs) Yes. So so then in Amazing Spider-Man number 321, Spidey, Paladin, and Silver Sable find info that leads to a new underground city for yuppies built by the Life Foundation. While Spidey and Paladin fight off the giant projectors, Sable interrogates the bosses to find out the Life Foundation was going to harbor an assassin who was supposed to kill the Simcarian king. Sable hires Spider-Man to come home and help prevent the killing. With money. (laughs) With money, yes. Lots and lots of money. Green like American money.
0: Yeah.
1: So, what do you think of the these? First, we won't really go much into detail or or read them. But what do you think of these first two issues?
0: I think they were good. I kind of like the art style. I kind of like older art styles, definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: The the newer ones kind of look weird now. Like their their it style. It's too yeah. cartoony for me now. Sometimes it can be. Yeah.
1: It is shifted in that direction a little bit for sure. Some people do it really well, and some people just kind of look juvenile but um yeah yeah no this pretty interesting kickoff so were you interested in the like were you curious wanting to know what happened next Were you just kind of like yeah
0: story eh.
1: oh really okay
0: (laughs) i i i get the whole point of like the whole mini series inside of the like the different superhero series but they weren't that great okay i
1: really enjoyed it but i liked kind of the mystery and the intrigue and
0: yeah i kind of like the the Like, the cop CSI kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was cool. All right. So, on to part three, Amazing Spider-Man, number 322. Ceremony is written by David Michelini, with art by Todd McFarlane, letters by Rick Parker, colors by Don T. Ask. I don't... Don't ask. I don't know what that means. (laughs) But some joke on somebody. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, we, we just figured out a new joke for a person.
1: Yeah. Don T. Ask. Don T. Ask. Yeah, so in this one, uh, Silver Sable and Spider-Man chase down empty weeds in Simcaria. Simcaria. How do you want to say it, Ethan? Let's decide for the this podcast. Simcaria or Simcaria? Hi. Crickets. Boink, boink.
0: Cricket, cricket, cricket. I think we should just call it the Unicorn Land.
1: The Unicorn Land. Well, there's lots of glitter.
0: Okay. Yes, there's lots of devil's dust. <laughs> devil's dust, yes.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, so they, they follow a bunch of empty weeds in Unicorn Land and uh, bicker with each other about their um, MOs. They decide to uh, quit chasing leads and keep an eye on the royal couple. But then Spidey immediately goes sightseeing, spider style. Really, he just wants to call home and not be caught. Um, we find out the Ultimatum, no, Ultimatum, the Flag Smasher guys, uh, had the Prime Minister feeding Silver Sable false leads to destroy some unicorn land. Oh, and a Spidey phone home. Uh, <laughs> MJ tries out for a soap opera, ultimatum uses the national air show to try and attack the royal couple before the prime minister can assassinate the king he is brutally murdered by a shadowy feral creature (coughs) saber-tooth um our heroes save the king when his fiancee gets killed the prime minister's body is found along with evidence pointing to the cia of america oh no no those meddlesome teenagers
0: Trump, why? <laughs> well, <Whoa. laughs>
1: It's a small country, I will crush it. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what do you think of this cover? Our cover is by Todd McFarlane, and it is Spider-Man with a bunch of ultimatum guys webbed up and thrown around, and he's definitely kicking some hiney.
0: Well, I, I like the whole, like, the background. I don't like the... Well, I like the whole art style. I just don't like the background.
1: What do you, know what you like about the background?
0: It, it, it's just, I have this thing with the older comics where whenever they just, they're too lazy to actually fill in the background, that they just put it in one color and make it look all retro I uh, I don't just, think,
1: yeah, I don't think that's lazy. I think that's an artistic choice, but it's not not your cup of tea. Yeah, I but don't I, like it. I kind of like it. It kind of gives it a retro feel. Um, yeah, so what he's talking about is, the I guess, the sky or everything above the horizon line is just solid yellow in the background. Gives a nice little contrast.
0: At least put some clouds. Yeah. What do you
1: think of our, uh, our assassination plot uh, banner? You like the logo for this series?
0: I kind of like it, yeah. but I kind of wish the A was the crosshair and not the O. Well,
1: how would you do that?
0: Like, you, you could just cut off, the, like, put the A, like, complete the A. Oh, and okay. And put the crosshair there.
1: Yeah, I guess so. You could. um,
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. And there's more A's than O's in this, so.
1: Right, yeah. That's true. <laughs> Very true.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> math, science. <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, it's a pretty great cover. Um. There's some really cool scenes in here. Uh, One of my favorite, Ethan, is um, Spider-Tux.
0: Yes. Okay, so someone has to, like, in the new movie that they made, (laughs) there has to be a Spider-Man wearing a tuxedo.
1: It should be a prom. (laughs) But anyway, the reason we have spider tux is because he's just there as Spider-Man, not Peter Parker. So he can't ever change out of his costume, which I imagine by now it smells pretty bad.
0: Uh Uh-huh. You're wearing it all day. (laughs) Yeah. Put on some (laughs) deodorant.
1: Some spider deodorant. That's what the webs and the armpits are for. (laughs) Yeah. But um, all right. So I have a question for you, Ethan. I don't want you to lie because I already know the answer. So tell the listeners the truth. We see our assassin jumping at the prime minister. Who did you think it was?
0: I thought it was Wolverine for a second. And here's the reason why. Why? So all the times I've seen Sabretooth, as in like drawings and stuff, Wolverine usually has like a little like a V-shaped haircut. Mm -hmm. And Sabretooth is kind of like that, but it's flat on the top. Right. That's usually how I see it. Yeah. So when I see this, I just think it's Wolverine and they over-exaggerated the teeth.
1: Yeah, very possible. I am curious whether we are supposed to think it was Wolverine or not. Right? Because we didn't know, because it's a mystery until the next issue. And so I'm very curious whether what we are supposed to think because he's all in shadow. You do see the eyes and the teeth and he's growling, but his hair is now in the late 80s Ethan some people drew saber with Wolverine hair uh, that was just a thing that people decided to do uh, they were trying to decide how the two were going to relate uh, there was a, a theory in the early 90s that saber was going to be Wolverine's dad of course he, he wasn't but so there were people started drawing them more closely together but I also think that part of this maybe was a wild goose chase Then we would go why is Wolverine here what's he doing killing this guy um but it does turn out to be Sabretooth, so uh it's pretty brutal. Lots of lots of blood for an uh, amazing Spider Man comic.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> he spilt his jello.
1: Yeah, yeah, spilt his jello. As we get a slash, and there's blood all over the wall. Um I like the panel where Silver Sable goes crazy after the uh the Queen to Be is shot. We get lots of cool action lines. Um I really love this panel of Spider-Man kind of hunching over and just looking mad as heck. It's a pretty great panel. What, anything to stick out to you in this issue, Ethan?
0: Um, not really. The only thing that kind of sticks out is the whole, like, the saber-tooth hair. Right. That's, like, the only thing that sticks out a little bit. Okay.
1: I was very curious, and I had to check the credits a few times, because I am 99% positive. I don't know. These last few pages just look different to me. Look more like Eric Larson than Todd McFarlane. Yes. But...
0: Well, if a Felix was in there, it everything. That's every true.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... We'll come back. We'll talk about that at the end.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. What do you want to, then to grade Amazing Spider-Man number 322?
0: I would give it five out
1: of six. Five out of six? Why would you give it five out of six clause?
0: I think the art's good. I think the story is mildly good. <laughs> and every now and then there's like the art makes no sense. Like Spider-Man might be doing one position and he drops down and you realize it would take you like a whole like minute to add Like (laughs) I'm a really flexible person, but it would take me at least a minute to like get like drop from there and get into that position.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a couple of weird things in the art, like in this page, spider-man's chin looks really strange looks like an alien
0: jack skeleton
1: yeah and then here he has no feet and his feet just disappear like rob Liefeld style and i always forget now keep in mind we'll we'll talk more about how i feel about mcfarlane overall later but i always forget how much bubble butt he drew like everybody has big old bubble butt So, but yes, I'm right there with you though, Ethan. I thought overall, uh, you know, a few weird McFarlane things aside, I thought the art was great. I thought the story was pretty great. Um, I'm going to give it five out of six claws as well. All right, moving on to the next one. We have Amazing Spider-Man number 323, which is uh, almost the same. This time, Bob Sharon is the colorist. Um... Our cover is by McFarlane again. I really, I heart with an American flag this cover. Um, what's going on with the cover?
0: So there's Captain America and Spider-Man is kind of like falling from the ceiling. I think right? he's
1: climbing down the wall. He's, he's uh, kind of attached in his hands.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, he's climbing down a wall and there's a bunch of webs everywhere. Yeah. Every, everywhere.
1: Not every there. Everywhere.
0: every Everywhere. <laughs>
1: Hey, there's something under there, I know that trick. <laughs> <laughs> dang, everybody wears it. <laughs> everybody wears it. yep. well, so what do you think of uh, McFarlane's Captain America?
0: I think it I think it looks the same as all the other ones, oh, but okay. I think it looks just a hair better. I think everything's positioned more better,
1: yeah, oh, I like it. I like his big a. McFarlane draws a really big A on the forehead. And I don't know. I just really like this pose. He's just really intimidating-looking, but still looks like Captain America. He draws a great shield. It's just just a really, really great iconic cover.
0: Intimidation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So in this one, Captain America parachutes into some car- I mean, Unicorn Land to prove the U.S. innocence. Cap, Spidey, and Silver Sable decide to take the fight to Ultimatum and find the true assassin. Uh, Solo, that guy, uh, has a not Han Solo, not nearly as cool as Han Solo. I wish it was Han Solo. Anyway, uh, he has also attacked Ultimatum's Major Veal into the hideout at the Unicorn border, but our hero stops Solo from murdering him, allowing Colonel Veal to escape. The good guys are able to pull info about the assassin off the computer from Ultimatum, and it's Max the dog coming inside <laughs> Max the Darth the Dog of Destruction No, it's Sabretooth. Dun 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 Meanwhile the American ambassador to Unicorn Land had to leave due to death threats and unicorn citizens clamor for war. So what what do you think of this first page?
0: Um there's a little too much shine <laughs> Yeah. I think I think he could have just drawn like the little like glowing thing around him, right? Like, and, there, and there's no point of just a bunch of like stars. Don't come like down from space. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's pretty great. It's definitely glittery. He looks all. I called it solo glitter in my notes. Um, so, what do you what do you think about Solo's design?
0: I think he just looks like if um, Kid Flash became like. A, a, like went into the army and <laughs> like didn't even have his powers at all
1: right yeah so this is a very popular design in the late 80s early 90s um it's kind of like captain america with the top cut off
0: yeah with like all the long hair yeah yeah just fluffy you, hair <laughs>
1: yes it probably gets in his eyes he probably needs a headband Anyway, this chapter was called, by the way, Assault Rivals. Get it? Instead of Assault Rifle. So what what did you think of Solo?
0: Um, I kind of... I thought he was a little too violent. Boyscrack?
1: crack? (laughs) crack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty violent. He's definitely kind of a Punisher type guy.
0: Yeah, but I think he has way too many guns. Like, each and every panel, he has a completely (laughs) different gun. Unless he's interrogating someone... For like three panels, then the gun's the same. But otherwise, right. each and every panel there's a different gun in his hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's very destructive. He, then he glitters away. Um, yeah. and I like, <laughs> I always hear like a Scooby-Doo sound like it. when Spider-Man drops from the ceiling and he gets embarrassed and he like crawls away on his fingertips. It's very cartoony, very funny. But it still looks pretty cool.
0: I could try and do that.
1: Yeah, you maybe could. You're flexible enough to be Todd McFarlane Spider-Man. You can get in those poses. Um, Again, another
0: giant chin.
1: Yeah, Yeah, lots of big chin. Lots of big chin. Um, I love this panel of Captain America coming in on the parachute. It's really great.
0: I think it's one of the best panels I have seen in all the older comics.
1: It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So what else sticks out? What else you remember seeing that you thought was cool or um, funny?
0: So I have one question. Yes. Is this a statue of Iceman?
1: I, no, I think it's just a general sculpture. Uh, he's referring. It does kind of look like Iceman. It's a. It's a, just a naked dude with his arms cut off.
0: I don't understand why they did that. Like in the Greek times it just they made well, statues with people with no arms. No,
1: and really they had arms, they fell off and then, so I think now people just kinda copy that. <laughs> I got Spider Man stands sideways, like perfectly straight up but sideways. Because his feet are sticking to the statue. No, that was pretty cool.
0: I don't understand how some people do that. Like some people just like hop on the poles and then they just hang like a flag. And they're yeah. like, straight. Like.
1: Gymnast. Olympic level gymnast. Um, yeah, we get to see Captain America in o- action. That's pretty awesome. Uh, get some jet skis. Do you like the ultimatum uniforms?
0: It's a very, like,
1: Hoth Star Wars esque. Yeah, like, I, is. I, I, I like it. Like Hoth mixed with James Bond. Kind of how I would describe it. And then Sh- Solo shows up. He makes. He just kills a bunch of people. That's what he does. (laughs) Uh, Him and Captain America don't get along, of course. Uh, What else? What else you got?
0: I do like the panel where um, Spider-Man is, like, the guy is skiing up the wall and he takes the skis under him. Yeah. says he says something about, like, something about like they don't have people who go to space yet so you're the first person right yeah
1: he lets them shoot off into space calls him ultimatums first astronaut yeah pretty funny all right well what do you think of the art in this one
0: um a little too
1: brightly colored i think oh was well, a different colorist so he so didn't really care as much for the the bright colors
0: yeah
1: okay I still thought it was pretty great. I um, thought the story was kind of silly. The only thing I didn't really understand is the unicorn citizens would want to take on a global superpower like America. I yeah. understand why they'd be mad, but they couldn't really expect to win in a war. So it seems kind of weird that a tiny country would be like, let's go to war. <laughs> but other than that, I thought the story was pretty good, I had good intrigue. Are you, are you interested in the whole assassin part thing? Or you, what, how do you feel about that?
0: Um after the fact that they just killed off Sabretooth oh whoops.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. Okay.
0: Well the fact that later on they kill off Sabretooth, I've kinda like it kinda just dies off. Like it's <laughs> like, eh, who cares? Right. Like, it's just a story now.
1: Yeah. So our sabretooth appearance in this one is just a picture. <laughs> when they get the it's funny because when they get to the computer and they're looking for information and they get the they find the assassin and they print it out but instead of printing out like the name it prints out a picture <laughs> and a nice like action pose too it's pretty funny
0: but did you get that from a wikipedia page
1: right yeah exactly All right, well, what do you want to grade Amazing Spider-Man number 323?
0: I'm probably going to stick with the normal score, 5 out of 6. 5 out of
1: 6? Okay, so you're enjoying this pretty good then so far.
0: All right,
1: well, speaking of 5 out of 6, let's move on to part 5 out of 6. Amazing Spider-Man number 324. We get a little change-up in the art. This is Tuesday, but it's spelled like T-W-O-S. Uh, David Michelini is still the writer, but Eric Larson is the guest penciler, with Al Gordon as the inker. Rick Parker is still the letterer, Bob Sharon is still the colorist. McFarlane still does the cover, though. And I love this cover. So we have Sabretooth, like, crouching, about to attack. And you get, like, the camera, the point of view from Spider-Man's face, and you just see his hands about to try to thwip Sabretooth with his webs. What do you I, think of this cover?
0: I like it. I also don't like it at the same time. What do you
1: not like about it?
0: I, I like the fact that it's first person, but I think how the hands are angled. I feel like maybe like the screen might have been like, like tilted, and it doesn't look like at a good angle. But it, it's fine. I like the <laughs> saber tooth design definitely.
1: Yeah, I like the Farley saber tooth. You know, the only thing I would say is I'm a little disappointed we don't get to. We open up the cover, and we get to the book, and, and I like Eric Larson. Uh, I like him a lot, but... And we'll talk about a saber-tooth in a minute, but it was, we see McFarlane's, like, awesome, just beasty saber-tooth on the front, and then we don't. he skips this issue on the art. Well, <laughs> whatever. All right, so in this story, Cap and Silver Sable go after Saber-tooth while Spidey and Solo hunt down Major Veal. Cap and Sable track Saber-tooth to Mexico, where he is stealing artifacts. While Cap fights off a guerrilla army, Sam will confront Sabretooth and gets cut up pretty good before collapsing a wall on him, presumably killing him. Oh uh, no. But okay, whatever. Uh, Cap is mags and eat his Sabretooth alive to clear the CIA with his testimony. Spidey and Solo track Veal to a museum hideout and capture him despite arguing over their methods. Meanwhile, Unicorn Land has broken off relations with the U.S. and is threatening retaliation. So, I really love this first page. It's Spider-Man hanging upside
0: down on his web. With the other person that they kidnapped.
1: Yeah, the ultimatum, guys. I love his web ball. <laughs> he just captures all these guys in a giant web ball. It's pretty funny. Um... Yeah, let's see, what else? Let me, stop me if you see anything you want to talk about. I love how crazy Eric Larson's Sabretooth is. I was disappointed in what we did, didn't get to see even far away in Sabretooth in action, but Eric Larson's Sabretooth is just nuts. And, like, the kind of hair color on his arms and legs is, like, out of control.
0: It's like me in the morning.
1: Yes, it is, before you wash your hair. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this panel of Silver Sable and Captain America jumping out with their parachutes is fantastic.
0: Don't Um, quite like the color of their parachutes. uh, I
1: do. That's okay. Um, I like when Captain America's in shadow and you just see the stars and stripes. I always love that.
0: That would be cool if they made, like, another Captain America movie or just in the next movie that Captain America comes out in. Yeah, like all like they're in a room and then the lights go out and then that's just glowing.
1: Right, that would be pretty awesome. Be a pretty great little visual thing and kind of do like Sin City a little bit. Um, Eric Larson's Peter Parker always looks really young to me.
0: He looks young, but then looks old at the same time. <laughs> all
1: right, fair enough. Um, yeah. So we have some cool action, some cool Spider action. Um. Then we see Eric Larson's saber with the big, long, furry trails, and he's cutting a dude up for disobeying him. Mm, bad boy. Yep, seems like, sounds like saber has a pretty bad temper. Um, what do you think of, of Eric Larson's saber here? I think it's... Now that we finally see him in action.
0: I think it's good. The only problem I have is I usually like how the Sabertooth usually has, like, the full yellow fur, like... Down like the the wrist and the ankle, but it's all white, like yeah, by the collar. But yeah,
1: it is a different color here. Yeah. I
0: I like the whole white collar thing, but it's right. just I think it's too much white on the like saber yeah. tooth. You think of like a yellow and orange kind right. of character, right? Yeah, but
1: yeah, you do. Yellow, orange, a little bit of brown. Um, I know this costume he's wearing is true to what he's wearing right now, but the way Larson draws it, his trunks look like Speedos. They do. It looks like he's wearing tiny black Speedos running around with giant muscles, which is fine, but not really what I want in my Sabretooth.
0: It's the Superman of (laughs) Sabretooth.
1: Yeah. So anyway, we see Sabretooth in action. He's cutting Silver Sable up. He's in shadow. Um, He's just really kind of carving her. Looks pretty nuts. Pretty crazy. Uh, and he's definitely winning until the wall falls on him and then Cap's like oh he's dead <laughs> well he's dead and yeah. which is weird because so in the last issue they were like I thought Sabretooth was dead which, so let's talk about that because in X-Men right now people all everyone thinks the X-Men are dead because of what happened in Fall of the Mutants Right? Yes.
0: I, I haven't read that. I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, but anyway,
1: so then when Inferno happens, my assumption was that no one really saw the X-Men because people still think they're dead after Inferno. It says right now, in this story, everyone thinks the X-Men are dead. And I understand, I don't, if people knew that, if Cap knew that Sabretooth is in the Marauders, and knew that he fought the X-Men, then he would know the X-Men are alive. And so, if he knew the X-Men killed Sabretooth, or thought that he did, then he would know the X-Men are alive. So it's weird that they have all this information on Sabretooth, and they're like, oh, Sabretooth's dead. Even in, when we talked about Wolverine number 10 with Cameron, the police chief was like, oh, I I looked into it, Sabretooth's dead.
0: like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Care about the heroes, not oh, the villains.
1: Oh No, not just that, but I mean, the Marauders were like a secret assassination squad from Mr. Sinister. It's not like there's files on them. It's just, it's weird that Cap's like, oh, he was a Marauder. He's presumed dead. It's also weird that if he, if he knows who Sabretooth is, then he doesn't know about the healing factor. And they're like, oh, this wall fell on him. He's not breathing. Must be dead. Let's go. <laughs> We're obviously like 10 minutes later, he's going to climb out of the rocks and be like, oh, I got a headache.
0: Oh, no, I have a mild migraine. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'll just stay home today. Tomorrow I'll kill some people. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) So anyway, what do you think about Eric Larson's webbing?
0: I'd say it's a little too like grayish.
1: Oh, when he, I'm more talking about the amount.
0: Oh, the amount? I like the, like, amount and how it's going all crazy. I yes, I think that's I a very too. Spider-Man-esque...
1: Yeah, I, I have very fond memories of... I McFarlane mean, does that, too, but Eric Larson takes it a step farther. Um, it just goes nuts with the webs. Uh, I've always really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so... What do you think of Eric Larson's art overall? I mean, it's definitely it's similar to McFarlane, that it's very stylized, very dynamic. Spider-Man is in lots of impossible poses. But it's also a lot different from McFarlane, too. So what what do you think of it?
0: I I actually like it. I think it's a very top level. I think the only thing that takes away from it is the, the um, saber tooth. Okay. The sa- the saber tooth I think could have been better. Right.
1: And I agree. I like how wild he is, like his hair and the fur on his costume is just completely out of control. I like that, but he's pretty he's pretty ugly. <laughs> and plus, I just wanted I wanted to see McFarlane draw saber tooth. Um, all right. Well, so what would you grade number three twenty four of Amazing Spider Man? Again, five out of six. Ah, me too. Five out of six claws. I really like this story. So that's it for Sabretooth. He's done. But we don't want to leave you hanging. We'll tell you how the story ends, the assassination plot. Um, First of all, if you haven't seen the cover to 325, it's a great cover. It's a giant red skull head smoking a cigarette and Spider-Man with a torn up American flag and Washington, D.C. in flames.
0: It's... Almost like the Captain America, like movie cover. It does look kind of similar. Like like swap out, swap out Captain America. Winter Soldier, maybe. Swap out Captain America with Spider Man. Give Spider Man a torn up flag and put him in Washington D.C. Just keep Red Skull there, and it's pretty much the exact same. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Except the only difference is that Red Skull has really bushy eyebrows.
1: (laughs) They're not bushy. There's no hair on them. They're just really thick. I love his little tiny eyeballs back in the recess of the, the sockets. McFarlane draws a pretty gnarly red skull.
0: It, for some reason, when people like want to draw like someone more meaner or some, for some reason more cuter, is <laughs> either make the eyes as small as possible or make the eyes as big as possible.
1: Right. Yeah, it makes a big difference in how you interpret the character. How you relate to it emotionally. This is supposed to make you kind of creepy doubt, right? Little tiny eyeballs staring at you.
0: (laughs) Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. All right, well, anyway, how does the story end? Well, not to leave you hanging. We find out that the Red Skull is behind everything. He's the mastermind of the assassination plot. He hired Sabretooth. He hired Ultimatum. All to try to throw the world into unrest so he can make a power play. Um, he does escape, but not before Spidey records his confession on a tape cassette recorder. Remember those? Those little handheld tape recorders? Um, anyway, this confession clears the US and reestablishes peace and tying the story up in a nice, neat little bow. Boing! Yeah. Another eh, ending to a pretty good story, yeah. but
0: it's Could have hard. Been better.
1: Yeah, it's hard to land big stories, hard to end them. All right. So first of all, just the story overall. What was your overall thought of the story? What What did you like? What did you not like?
0: Story had a mildly good climax. Yeah. And then in the middle, it was really, really good, and then the end just crashed it.
1: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, I like it. I like David Micklegany a lot. Um, this run definitely holds a a special place in my nostalgic heart but um yeah, I like like the sense of humor, I like kind of the word play between people. and I thought the plot was pretty good. you know the the unrest between unicornland and USA and all that was pretty good. Um, so what'd you think of the art? Because when I first saw this at your age, it blew me away. But it doesn't mean it made me different because you've seen a lot of different stuff where art has gone since then that, you know, I didn't know about yet. So how does it compare to kind of everything?
0: Well, coming to its time, I'd say it's a six out of six. But comparing it to I mean, this is still one of the best drawn books, except for the Rocket and Groot series. That was (laughs) really well drawn. That was my favorite series. The one by
1: Scotty Young.
0: Yes. Yes. I I just... They are like my third favorite character. I have so many favorite characters, I don't know how to keep track of them, though. But I think that was my favorite drawn books out of all of them. But this is still one of the the best. Not quite as good as all of them, but about like fifth place.
1: All right. Fifth place. All right, cool. Well, you know, there are... A ton. You know, it's kind of like Batman, right? Spider-Man's kind of like Batman. And that... Kind of the best artists in comics all want to take their crack at him, right? Uh, And see what they can do. And so, throughout the years, there have been... Just a slew of legendary Spider-Man artists. And all of them have their due. And anyone who wants to claim... Artist X as the best Spider-Man artist... Can make a good argument for several people. For me... Just personally, McFarlane is my spider guy. Like he's the guy that just really transformed to me as a young reader what the character could do, what it can look like, how he can move. Um, of course the expression and the faces, the way he changes the eyes. Wasn't all you know, there was some of that before him, but not as much and not as good, I don't think. Um, that's just my bias, right? Like McFarlane's just he's he's my guy. Like I love Love, love, love as Spider-Man. I wish we could have seen more of a saber-tooth in this series. Um, but we did see plenty of Felix the Cat.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which, of
1: course, is a classic McFarlane Easter egg. So we took a little count. In um, issue 320, how many Felixes did we have? Two. Now, we had one on the cover in the trash can. And then we had one... Um, On a th-
0: filing cabinet. Yeah, in the
1: filing cabinet, where normally it would say, like, O to Z. Um, there was a little Felix in the head. Um, so in 321, we had three. Uh, I think two of them were kind of a cheat. I think they are in the same picture, just in different panels. Yes. Um,
0: one was, like, in a window of Peter's house.
1: I think, No, I think it was, like, a, a poster, like a picture frame. Um, what was the other one, though?
0: I think the other one was the glass sculpture.
1: Is that this one? Yeah there's, do the do the one, the one yeah, there's the two in the in the apartment. Oh no, it was in the moving box.
0: And then in the moving box, there's yeah, they're
1: helping apartment. the Osborne's move, and there's a little Felix sticking out of one of the boxes. Uh, so that was the third one. There were surprisingly none in 322. But then in three twenty three there's two more. Uh there's one uh when Spider Man's getting interviewed on the microphones where you might see like an NBC or C B S logo, there's a Felix the cat head. And then the one you were thinking of.
0: The glass there's a like glass sculpture in the museum where yes. the giant iceman is. <laughs> right. It's a there's little like, Felix head. Yeah, there's
1: like this classical like Greek sculpture. Like, you see, like, in a famous art museum, like, an artifact. And there's, and then, like,
0: different other, like, fancy yeah. paintings. Yeah,
1: like, really fancy highbrow stuff. And then in the bottom, there's, like, a little Felix the Cat. <laughs> little pop culture reference. Um, so, anyway, so our, our for this just six-part series, our total Felix the Cats was seven.
0: Seven's was, a lucky yeah, number. It was
1: a lucky number. That's a little game me and Ethan had fun playing.
0: Um... All right,
1: so how did you feel about Sabretooth in this story? I mean, that's the reason we're talking about it. Did you, did you feel like it was a good portrayal? I know you talked about you didn't like the art as much.
0: I didn't like the art.
1: What do you think of the character? Did you think he acted like, Do you feel like Sabretooth to you? A
0: little. A little, okay. It's not like, he doesn't seem like, okay, when he's eating a bunch of people, then yes, <laughs> that, that, that's very Sabretooth. But the, then after that, like after you get rid of that and he's just fighting people, he right. isn't very sabertoothy. toothy Okay, I, I can see
1: that a little bit. Um, The story kind of comes in a weird place in Sabretooth's life. And at first I was kind of like, I don't know if it makes sense, right? Because, all right, so first of all, this this goes back to his earliest portrayals and fits it like a glove, right? Because when we first met Sabretooth, we knew he was a mutant, but he didn't really have anything to do with the X-Men or Wolverine. Like, he was just running around being a bounty hunter, um, stealing stuff, being a hitman. There's that one weird Power Man and Iron Fist story where he's a serial killer uh, for kind of no reason. But most of the time, he like he's, he's a mercenary, hitman, you know, bounty hunter, whatever, you know, just doing his thing, getting paid, because that's all he cares about is himself. Um... And then he kind of gets pulled into the X-Men universe, which kind of makes sense. And he starts running with Mr. Sinister and becomes like the lethal, almost, Wolverine, almost anti-Wolverine on the Marauders. And he just is out to kill everybody that Mr. Sinister points him at. And so it's kind of weird that he goes kind of back to his roots, but it also kind of makes sense because he and the Marauders just got destroyed by the X-Men in Inferno. Mr. Um, Sinister got defeated, so he no longer has whatever he was getting from that. Whether Sinister was giving him money or power or whatever, like that's gone. It's cut off. So it makes sense, and he'd be like, okay, well, I gave that a try, or you know, I need some time to recover. I'll just kind of go back to what I know. Like People will kind of reset after a trauma sometimes, so it kind of makes sense. And he just kind of goes back to being, just running around the world and being nasty. <laughs> so I kind of like it. Um, and I thought the story overall was really good. all right. What else you want to talk about?
0: Well, then there isn't nothing really to talk about now, okay. The podcast is pretty much over pretty much over. so would you
1: recommend that people read this series
0: if if you If you watch this podcast, then yes. If you didn't... and If you
1: watch this podcast, I'm having you arrested. Because that means you're looking in my window.
0: But if you I, listen uh, no, to no. the podcast... <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, then yes. Okay. But otherwise, if this is literally you're going out blindfolded like I did, it's probably not going to give the best example. Really? Of a
1: contradicts everything you've said so far.
0: <laughs> well, the sto- okay, as in storyline. You
1: gave everything five out of six
0: quads. <laughs> as in
1: storyline. Okay, so it wasn't your favorite story. But the art impressed you a lot, right? Yes. Okay, good. So, yeah. So anyway, um, I just loved coming back to this part of Spider-Man's history uh, as an era. I cherish had a lot of fun rereading and I'm glad I got to read it with you for your birthday.
0: It's a huge birthday.
1: <laughs> yes. And you know, luckily I was able to take all your presents back and just give you this.
0: What? <laughs> you mean <laughs>
1: He's giving me the stink eye. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, Ethan, thank you so much for coming on and, and helping me talk about these comics. Um, you know, as an old reader my age, I would definitely recommend this very heartily. Um, if you like late 80s, kind of early, kind of we're transitioning into the 90s, right? We have a lot of anti hero with Solo and Paladin. Um, Sabretooth gets a little bloodier on screen. Um, you know, lessons left in the imagination in this one. Um, and just McFarlane, man. Just good grief. He's so good.
0: The card was right. The weird generation in the middle. <laughs>
1: yeah. Then so we got my father-in-law, right? Or was it Papa? Was it Papa or Colonel? I don't no, remember. it was Colonel. Colonel. Yeah. We got him a, a card for Father's Day that said... Um,
0: I'm it cool. It was from
1: Ethan and Ollie. It said, I'm cool. You're, You're cool. cool. What happened to this weird generation in the middle? <laughs> so that's us. That's me. I'm, the, I'm in the middle. Stuck in the middle with you.
0: Oh. That song is still very weird I, I don't, <laughs> don't like it
1: Yes He doesn't like old people's stuff I guess
0: <laughs> I can like it Yeah like, you,
1: you I, like You like some classic stuff You like some Beatles
0: I like some retro games
1: Yes you do Actually you like retro games quite a bit He loves Mario and Pac-Man And all that so.
0: Not quite Sanic Sanic's not What? Sanic
1: Sonic. Sanic. Oh, is that how, that how the cool kids say it? <laughs> no. Sanic and no.
0: down under, it's
1: Sanic and There is. Right?
0: There's a meme where, there's Sonic's cross-eyed. Oh. And they, and it's Sanic.
1: Oh, uh, okay. you gotcha. to
0: go fast. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. All right, well, everyone, uh, Wish Ethan happy birthday. Um, For the podcast that goes snicked, please like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Uh, The website with show notes is snickcast.podbean.com. Up next should probably be some more resurrection talk with uh, Dan and Georgie. And then the next flashback, we're going to have Mr. John Wilson back on to talk about some Marvel Comics Presents again. It's been a while since we've done that. Been a while since we could talk about MCP, but we'll do it soon. We'll fix that. You know, preferably as soon as I can get it on the books. So, um, anyway, this didn't turn out to be much of a bonus episode. It's pretty much just regular length. But um, hope you enjoyed it. And Ethan, thanks again for
0: coming on. Yay! All
1: right, we love you guys. Hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye.
0: Unicorns.
1: Unicorns and glitter.
0: Devil's dust. Devil's dust. (laughs) All right.
1: And snacked.